I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. It's a good thing we weren't excited about starting Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, he yeah. did not look good in his debut, but also the play calling was way too cute in this one. Like, dude, like you're going up against the Texans, just use Nick Chubb. You know, just use Cream Hunt. You know, Nick, yeah. Nick Chubb only had 17 carries in this game. He should have had more. Uh, the Browns are just lucky that their defense and the special teams came through. They didn't score an offensive touchdown in this game. Um, but Watson, you know, he's not a top 12 option next week against Cincinnati for me. Like, if you kept him no. for this long after drafting him, it's a good lesson, to be honest. Like, how many chances in that time where you've been stashing Deshaun Watson, how many chances did you have this year at having a decent quarterback off the waiver wire? You had a lot of chances. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you had yeah. Geno Smith early on in the year. Uh, you had, you know, obviously Justin Fields. You had multiple weeks of potentially trying to grab Justin Fields. Um there's no reason to be stashing a quarterback for this long. You know, uh, you know, I'm not looking to drop him. Like, you can drop him. Like, if you have a decent quarterback and you hope that Deshaun Watson was just going to give you a little bit more upside, like, I'm okay dropping him if I have to. But, you know, he could be shaking off the cobwebs a little bit. That's what I would assume this is. Um, but this game was not an amazing sign. Like, hopefully it'll be, you know, a distant memory, you know, if you were depending on him, you know, to be a solid quarterback for you during this stretch run. Now, yeah. Amari Cooper did see nine targets in this game. You know, this wasn't a away game, uh, so who knows what to attribute the 4 for 40 line to, like either Watson <laughs> or the fact that it was an away game. Uh, but hopefully, yep. you know, everyone who has Amari Cooper is like, you mean Jacoby Brissett, you know, like people who have Nick Chubb is like, hey, come on, like, let's sustain some drives here and give me yeah. Jacoby Brissett back. Because um, you never know, Jacoby Brissett could have threw for three touchdowns against the Texans. <laughs> Yeah, you, you never know. And that's what everybody was thinking. You know, I was sitting there thinking, man, what would this game look like with Jacoby Brissett? And I, I wasn't ever worried about the Browns losing the game. You know, if, if things got that bad, maybe we would have seen Jacoby Brissett come back, but they got bailed out by the special teams and defensive play. Regardless, Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't say drop him. I, I'd say hold on to him because we knew that this first game back was going to be tough. You know, we, we said they, they were going to knock off the rust. I, like you said, Nick Chubb didn't get nearly enough carries. I don't think at all. You know, he kind of screwed you on your pick too. I know we had him over, was it 96 or 91 rush yards? He was the he was, only one, man. He was very close to, you know, making that a perfect card. But with, with Nick Chubb, he didn't get enough touches. But with Deshaun Watson, you know, how many times did you see him throw the ball and it just landed at their feet? Or like two yards yeah, in man, front of them see, at yeah, their feet? Yeah, like, I saw that. It was like I noticed that. They have hyper gravity on his throws, you know, <laughs> for that game. It, it just looked bad. Um I expected this. I didn't think that he was going to have a humong- humongous game at all. 
you know, I I, th- I thought that he would at least throw a touchdown. I thought he'd be more in the 10, 12 point range and not the six point range where he finished. But, you know, like you said, you can't say we didn't see it coming. He's out of football for two years. There's no reason to, you know, put the whole game on him against a bad Texans team. Uh, it, it was just a forgettable one, a forgettable game. And I think that you can forget it. See how he does next week. It's a tough matchup. Cincinnati's defense is no joke. They just handled yeah, right. Patrick Mahomes, and Thanks nobody had a big nobody had a big fantasy day. You know, I you would you would expect um, against this Bengals defense. They're I think they're a little underrated. You know, obviously they, they allow some points, but they keep them in the games and make the plays when it counts. And they have playmakers. Uh, the pass rushers Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. You know, they're not bad. This could be a rough, another rough outing for Deshaun Watson next week. So I think you could hold on to him. I think that the upside is still there but it's not going to be till late, if at all, or next season that we see that. Now, if Brandon Cooks continues to have issues with his calf that caused him to be out of this game, um, Nico Collins is worth a pickup. Uh, he saw 10 targets this week, a few good matchups coming his way. Just wanted to mention that about the Texans real quick. If there's any fantasy relevance to come out of there, Damian Pierce had a decent day, but he didn't score, so who cares? Um, I, I yeah. love uh, – let's move away from that game real quick. I love – that the Eagles chose to be pass heavy from the get against the Titans. Like they knew this was a tough rushing defense and a vulnerable passing defense. So from the get, they just went super pass heavy. And I love that. Like it seems obvious, but most coaches don't do this. Like this right. is not what you see. Like, and, and it seems counterintuitive, but like it, it is, it is counterintuitive when it comes to like what coaches actually do in the NFL. So Justin Hurts ended up throwing the ball 39 times in this game. Uh, you know, in a 35 to 10 finish, he threw the ball 39 times. Okay. This is not a, it's not a pass heavy offense. Okay. This is a run right. for his offense. So he, he threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns and even ran one in. He's a beast, dude. Like when you ask him to throw the ball, he could throw the ball, you know, like he's not just a runner. Like everyone who, you know, doesn't believe in, in his uh, throwing ability, his passing ability, watch this game. Yeah. And watch what he does in this game. And when you and, look at all of the metrics that, you know, for a passer in this league, he improved like crazy from last year to this year. Yeah. And that's just, you know, they have all the weapons, perfect offensive lineup. He's in a perfect situation and he's very, very talented. I'm not attributing it to that. But, you know, you talk about the people that were questioning whether you could throw it, you know, watch the game, turn on the tape, sit down and make sure you take a plate of humble pie with you, you know, because. Jalen Hurts, he's just looking ridiculous. You know, the way that he's playing has been, you know, top-notch. He's throwing it to his playmakers, and they're getting it done. A.J. Brown, man, how good must have that felt playing against his old team. They scored two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And did you see the second touchdown? Oh, my God. Nasty. He was blanketed. He was blanketed. I was like, there's no way. There's no way he catches that. And, you know, obviously – Well, good, obviously, on Jaylen, uh, good on Jalen Hurts for just throwing it to him regardless. And that's what you do with wide receiver ones in this league. Like it doesn't matter. Just throw them the ball, especially if they're standing there in the end zone with one guy on them. You know, there's a chance that they could turn that into a touchdown every single time. So I'd say the same thing about a bunch of receivers. You know, Devontae Adams, a couple weeks, you know, you want to see him get the ball thrown more. Just any type of wide receiver one you want to throw it to them. But Jalen Hurts, man, just ridiculous, you know, production this whole season. We said that he was going to have this type of season. It's not quite on the level of Lamar Jackson's, you know, MVP season. Remember that? But he's darn close the way that he's playing. He, he's he's in terms of fancy production too. Like he's just ridiculous. And then the just the offense overall, top notch. You know, against a good Titans defense. Obviously they're not as good against the pass, but they were able to get it done in every phase. And it was just an absolute blowout. Um, 
with the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts, perfect. AJ Brown, perfect game. You couldn't ask for more. Even Miles Sanders got a touchdown. And he didn't have that. <laughs> he didn't have numbers that were that high either. So no. this was just a perfect game. If you started them, you know, they, they did well for you, even Devontae Smith. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to see this offense become more pass heavy. I mean, I doubt that will continue just because, like, next week they have the Giants and then they have Chicago. So I doubt that that happens. But, you know, I doubt that that's going to be their game plan. But still, like, this was good to see. We know what they're capable of. If they have to pass it, they can, which is awesome. Um, yeah. On the other side of the ball, Traylon Burks. He caught a 25-yard touchdown, really impressive catch, given the fact that he got leveled on this catch. Yeah. It was a bit of a scary hit, um, you know. but he got up. He walked off on his own power you know, after a little while, uh, but it is possible that he misses next week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It looked like he was on his way. Obviously, it was just one catch, but he definitely would have had more run in that game. He definitely would have had some catches, and he would have been on track to have similar weeks, a similar week as he had the past two weeks. You know, the target share was going to be there. He had that touchdown. That would have been – that was his first receiving touchdown, his true receiving touchdown this season, right? Yes. So, I, I think he easily could have been on track for a big game. You know, definitely. Oh, yeah. With what – like, they needed him, definitely, in this passing game. I think that showed. Because after that, they couldn't do anything on offense. Even Derrick Henry was getting shut down. Yep, exactly. Um, the Seahawks' passing offense was on fire against the Rams. Um, Geno Smith threw for 367 yards, three touchdowns. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both went over eight catches and 120 passing yards, both at a touchdown. Uh, is what you want to see. This is why they're always bad to back in our rankings because literally every week they're doing the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because we made like a note of that the last time we went over the rankings. We're like, man, they're back to back for the second time this week. And they did the same. Like a, a catch for one yard is what separated these two receivers yesterday right. it was just it was hilarious yeah it, it is what it is um but in this backfield it kind of sucks kenneth walker uh, it's not an ankle sprain but it's a jammed ankle um not sure what that is but yeah what it's, it's possible <laughs> that he misses time um we'll see he's gonna get an mri um they're gonna figure that out and then explain to us what that is um yep but uh but yeah uh, dj dallas was his backup in this game he himself got hurt with an ankle injury travis homer had a knee injury before this game, so he didn't play. I think, so, you know, in the order that I would want these players, like, so if Kenneth Walker is plays next week, you're good. You, you know who to play. If mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker is out, I prefer Travis Homer, but we don't even know if he's going to be healthy for next week. Right. DJ Dallas, we don't even know what his status is as of this point. So this is a situation to monitor. We'll, we'll have some more on it, hopefully, in tomorrow's podcast. We'll any news that comes out today, we'll break it down tomorrow uh, on the podcast or maybe even my Instagram stories and that sort of thing. And we'll keep you guys updated. Don't worry. But hopefully we'll have some sort of answer before waivers tomorrow. Uh, yeah. But this is a very fluid situation. Now, if all three guys are hurt, then Tony Jones would be the next man up. Uh, unfortunately, you know, again, we probably just won't know who is the healthiest until their first injury report on Wednesday. But yep. hopefully we get a little bit more detail by tomorrow. Hopefully, and there's a very off chance that we hear anything about the podcast now. If it came out now, we tell you about it. But yeah, you know, I think I think that this this backfield, I would pretty much avoid it right now. I I, I don't care if you know even DJ, DJ Dallas. Like obviously, you'll start him, but I don't think the upside is very high. You know, I think that he might have. Yeah, or if it's Travis Homer, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's not Kenneth Walker, I'm not starting them as a 
uh, low end RB one, high end RB two. This is going to be like a low end RB two for me at, at max, yeah. maybe a high end RB three. So I, I wouldn't invest too much into this backfield, regardless of who starts, unless it's Kenneth Walker playing. And at that point, you know, it's not going to be able to pick him off him up off the, off the waiver wire and start him. Um, the offense looks good though. Like you said, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett did their things. Geno Smith, just love watching him play just because knowing the story behind him, it's great. But um, Seattle, they, they look good. There's no reason to think that they can't continue to do this. If you watched, do you remember? Did you see the game at all? Did you watch DK? Yeah, I did. Against are you, are you watching? Did you watch I was it? just going to bring that up. I was just going to bring it up. But, but explain, explain what happened. It's just hilarious. So he went in motion and Jalen Ramsey was there. I think it was after they he had gotten, DK Metcalf had gotten a personal foul or something. For, you it was know, before just, the personal foul. It was before it the was, personal foul. On, that, on that same drive, it was before on the same drive when they scored the touchdown, uh, he ended up getting the personal foul after the touchdown or or after mm-hmm. he was targeted in the end zone. Uh, but yeah, it, it didn't matter though because yeah, they ended up kicking the kick. Oh, they ended up kicking a field goal on that drive, so it ended up being okay. Um, yeah. but, but but yeah, I mean, DK Metcalf did end up scoring the touchdown later on Jalen Ramsey. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. DK but Metcalf. What happened a- on this play though? Yeah, so he went in motion, <laughs> and when he went in motion, Jalen Ramsey didn't follow him. And then he motioned with his hand for him to follow Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey to follow DK Metcalf when he went in motion. He didn't, and that was just hilarious. Yeah. I, I wanted so badly for DK Metcalf to win that matchup. You know, obviously Jalen Ramsey's very good, but DK Metcalf is a freaking transformer, and he's just ridiculous when you when you see him on the field when he's running around. He runs fast, and he's just this humongous guy. I couldn't imagine covering him. So props to Jalen Ramsey for even you know <laughs> picking a fight with him. I would never do that. <laughs> seriously dude for real um yeah but hopefully we'll get some more answers on this backfield tomorrow uh but yeah it, it was it was fun to watch watch this game i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, K-Makers ended up leading the Rams backfield over Kyron Williams. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm dropping Kyron Williams at this point. You know, Akers had 17 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. You know, probably the best game he's he's going to have the rest of the year. Uh, but he was on the field for 72% of snaps. Kyron Williams literally had was the one who had 70% of snaps last week with both these guys healthy. So the backfield literally flipped, like, on its back. Um, yep. But it's a mess. Like, it's a mess until it's not. Like, who knows? Maybe he flips back. back. Maybe it's a 50-50 split next week. Who knows? But uh, it was kind of surprising how competitive this game was between the Seahawks and the Rams. Like, this is not what right. you would expect because – they had so many guys out. Like I, I saw like a, a stat of like how much money that they had off the field. It was like 150 million yeah, or something like that no, off I the saw field. That too. Yep. Something crazy like that. But they were they're competitive. So you know, props props to them. I mean, they weren't gonna win, but you know, K Makers, you know, K Makers is relevant. He should be rostered. I don't want to start him unless I'm super, super desperate, but maybe he plunges into the end zone. But if he continues to get 70% of the snaps moving forward, you can't ignore that. Yeah. I mean, Seahawks defense. Even though it's even though it's, even though it's gross. <laughs> yeah, no, the offense is horrific. You know, but if Cam Akers, like you said, a running back on an offense that's horrific, they're going to be running it anyway. So you got to figure, you know, he'll get at least some touches. We saw that yesterday with Cam Akers getting those two touchdowns. But yeah, Kyron Williams, you can drop him. I mean, you don't really want any piece of this offense at all with the Rams. And 
I'm looking at the box score and the stats right now. It's like John Wolford threw two interceptions. He only had 178 yards. He completed just over half of his passes. You know, Cam Akers only had 60 yards, but he had two touchdowns. No receiver went over, I think, 50 yards. How is this game this close? Like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If you look at the box score, it, it doesn't tell that story. So I, I was surprised, but it resulted in good things for the Seahawks in terms of fantasy value and production. But um, I, I don't want any piece of this Rams offense moving forward. I, I, I want zero. Like, I don't even care. Cam Akers, okay, cool. He had 19 points for you this week. I'm not counting on that every week. He, he's no. liable to go down to single digits again. Or, you know, maybe even zero touches. Who knows? The way this backfield has played out this season, you can't trust anybody. I, I guess it didn't take long for Christian McCaffrey to get his elite rollback. Yeah. 82% of snaps, 27 opportunities. He had a second highest fantasy output of the season, only behind that big 40-point game he had in the second game with the 49ers when he caught one, threw one, ran one in. Brock Purdy was peppering McCaffrey with targets with 10. He had 10 total, nine from Purdy. Uh, and McCaffrey ran around on 82% of dropbacks. Um, remember when you said by week 14 – he should be good to go, can be considered as the overall RB1. Nah, you know, it didn't even yeah. take that long. You know what I'm hey, saying? Well, like, he, he, he is sitting, it does stand because we didn't rank him as as an RB1, as the right. RB1 this yes, week. But yes. Going into this week, you know, like as of right now, going into Monday night, he's sitting as the current overall RB1 for week yeah. 13 in PPR leagues. So, yeah, it, it stands. The quote stands. I said by week so. 14, he will be the RB1. I didn't expect it to come this fast, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo going down. You know, that's one thing I would have expected, you know, kind of hamper the offense a little bit. But it looks like Brock Purdy is going to be able to get it done. Um, maybe maybe it's just the 49ers being such a good fundamental team and such a well-structured and built team that any quarterback can, su- can succeed. Trey Lance, I think, would have been fine. With, that's why we were drafting him so high. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, he fills in perfectly fine. You know, it's a perfect system for a young quarterback. we've seen it before, too. We've seen Nick Mullins control yep. the offense relatively well uh who else it was it was some other cj Beathard never there. really did cj Beathard. well no no he did too cj Beathard, when he came in he was solid like he wasn't good but he was solid enough where like they were able to you know get it done for the most part so yeah this team is well coached for the most part they were able to beat a good dolphins team with purdy as a quarterback for this entire the entire time yeah and christian mccaffrey is a big reason why and it looks like he's going to have that roll back. You know, the receiving game is where he's going to make his money. And um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be good for him, especially with the like you said, the check down. That's one thing not a lot of young quarterbacks do is check down. They try to do too much. And we saw that kind of with Zach Wilson, I think. But um, you know, Brock Purdy, he should be able to get it done, especially for Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey didn't look like he was hampered at all by any type of injury that he might have had coming in. Obviously, he carried a designation for part of the week, but um he, he looks like he's back and healthy and perfectly fine. He's ready to make it for the stretch run. And like I said, RB1 moving forward. And by the way, it was Jordan Mason, not Tyrion Davis-Price, as McCaffrey's backup, in case you're interested in that. It, it, it wasn't TDP. Again, we thought it might have been TDP because, you know, the special teams thing, whatever, whatever. But in case you missed right. it, Jimmy Garoppolo, he suffered a broken foot very early in the game. Uh, he's out for the year. Brock Purdy came in as relief. He was the last pick in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, which made him miss irrelevant. Now he's pretty relevant at this point. Uh, the 49ers did sign Josh Johnson off the Broncos practice squad. He was the Broncos' best quarterback, so I don't know what, what they were doing there. But the last time Josh Johnson played, he played for Baltimore. Last year in a game against Cincinnati, he threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He 
he came in after an injury to Mike White for the Jets last week, last year, two for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So he's he's yep. capable in case he eventually becomes a guy over Purdy. Baker Mayfield was just, just released this morning by the Panthers. Great. I'm hoping the 49ers don't pick him up. Okay. Right. But anyway. Moving forward, there was a shift in the Dolphins' backfield this week. Jeff Wilson had only one carry for three yards. That was his night. That's it. Uh, Raheem Mostert had seven carries. That was the totality of the running back opportunities for the 40, against the 49ers. But moving forward, it doesn't look like Jeff Wilson had the 1A job locked down like we thought. So these two play the Chargers next week. It's possible both do well. But now it's kind of up in the air in terms of you know who really has this job. And as of now, it, it has flipped to Mostert having the upper hand in this backfield. Uh, you know, Mostert also led, led in snaps at 61%, and he ran four more routes than Jeff Wilson in this game, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, um, with, I, I wouldn't expect too much out of this backfield, you know, moving forward. Um, I think that it was a little bit inflated what we've seen the past two weeks out of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, it was. And, you know, if one person had like 70% of the opportunity, which we thought Jeff Wilson would have, then maybe, you know, it's, it's a good offense. So that running back should get some points. But we'll see moving forward what happens. Um, this podcast is getting a little long here. So let's just roll through a bunch of other stuff that we wanted to get through. Tua apparently has an ankle injury, injury but it shouldn't be too serious. Just monitor that in case it becomes a thing. But I don't think it will. Um, Chiefs Bengals. Samaje Piran looking better than Joe Mixon out there. 21 carries for 106 yards. Um, he was doing his thing, man. He has three top 10 finishes and two top three finishes over the last three weeks, assuming that one of the <laughs> running backs tonight don't ball out. So when Mixon's out, Samaji Piran is going to be that dude. Uh, Jamar yeah. Chase, he looked good in his return. He's top five once again amongst wide receivers. Uh, Chiefs backfield was a two-man split between Pacheco and McKinnon. McKinnon started to get a little bit more involved in the, in the, in the run game, but Melvin Gordon wasn't active yet. Uh, Pacheco, he didn't control all the work on the ground, but he's still a low-end RB2 moving forward. Um, Juju only had four targets in this game, uh, but that shouldn't be overly surprising. That accounted for a 15% target share, and his target share for the season was 16%. Uh, it's part of the reason I wanted to sell Juju during that crazy stretch that he had several weeks back. You know, all that crazy production he had, you know, wasn't on any elite target share or anything like that. It was just, it was going to fall back to, down to earth. And if yeah. you did sell him after that stretch, uh, you didn't have to deal with his last four weeks. Um, I'm still starting Juju as a high-end wide receiver three, mainly because he still has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, but pretty tough matchup against Denver next week. He sees Denver twice in the next four weeks. That's tough. Um, <laughs> that's, that's tough. That, that's tough, yeah. Hayden Hurst left this game with the calf injury, so you might not have him next week. You're going to have to pick up for some random other you know, tight ends that you have in the waiver wire. It's, it's back to the streaming table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I will be remiss to not mention Josh Jacobs with another huge game. 26 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown. Dude is balling. He's carrying people to the fantasy playoffs. Devonta Adams also carrying people to the fantasy playoffs. 177 yards receiving in this game. His fourth 120-plus yard receiving game in the last five weeks. And his third two-touchdown game during that span. I uh, want to mention Keenan Allen real quick. Started the game really slow, but he ended up with a pretty nice line. 14 targets to end the game. 35-yard touchdown on that really nice contested catch uh, in the end zone on 4th and 12. Josh Palmer, pretty reliable lately, uh, you know, when these other wide receivers miss time. So with Mike Williams out, you know, 10 targets. He's averaging 10 targets over his last six games, surprisingly. So he's kind of locked yeah. in as a uh, high-end PPR wide receiver three, something like that um, at this point. 
Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it, man. Nothing too notable out of the Cowboys Colts game other than Tony Pollard still balling out. Um, they absolutely killed them. Jason Garrett before the game, you just see this that he called the called it yeah, for the Cowboys to win by 40. It yeah. was close at halftime, and then he was asked about it again at halftime. He's like, it can still happen. And it almost did. The score ended up being 54 to 19. <laughs> so it ended that up happening. Ridiculous. Let me the, ask you a question fun- real quick before we ended out. Michael Gallup, two touchdowns this week. Yep. They have a good matchup next week would you would you start him as like a low-end wide receiver three high-end flex play yeah absolutely i mean the way he's playing he's looking more and more healthy that's been the difference he's been coming off that injury since he came back early in the season and he wasn't ever right but he's finally looking like that again if you saw they threw the fade to him in the corner that's his signature you know it's just a fade he's he's liable to score a touchdown every week and he's just sideline technician he looked good the other thing takeaway for me out of this was zeke actually got it done even with tony pollard doing his thing you know, the run game has become a huge part of this Cowboys offense. So it looks like both of them are startable. Obviously, Tony, Tony Pollard has the upside. But Zeke has a fine floor where you don't have to be worried about starting him. If he's your RB2, uh, you know, I'm not sweating it. I, I'm pretty confident with him. I would say so. Okay. Uh, I think that, that'll do it, guys, for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you, uh, you know, listening every single day, five days a week, all season long. Good luck tonight. Hopefully, whoever, whatever you need tonight. So get the W. Hopefully you guys get it. We'll be back tomorrow for our waiver wire episode. We'll see you guys later. Peace. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 